How is everybody today? Good. You enjoying the, the warmer weather? Yes, absolutely. I'm loving it. When you hear the words, bless you, what do you think of? Sneezing, okay. What else? Anybody? Oh, <laughs> okay, somebody being a little passive aggressive. Yes. You know, and that is best said with in a southern accent, which I cannot do, but oh, bless your little heart. Yes, yes. What else? Absolutely. People say it without even thinking about what it is they are saying, don't they? You know, we bless our food. Um, years and years ago, I started, um, when I would write letters or emails, instead of saying sincerely, I would say blessings. You know, and it's not a bad thing, but it's a little generic. To bless is to bestow good of any kind. That's the definition of to bless, to bestow good of any kind. And as I was uh, working on um, thinking about what I was going to preach on today and then working on this message, it fits the I whole idea of blessing fits so well, not only with Mother's Day, but also with our exploration of what discipleship is like. And so our text today is in Numbers chapter 6. It's also on your green sermon notes, and you'll need to have those handy because we're going to be reading from those uh, at in several places throughout um, the morning. And so if you have it handy, it'll be right there for you. Um, if you want to look it up in your Bible, Numbers is the fourth book of the Bible. The Israelites are in the wilderness. They, um, just about one year previously, they had been rescued from generations of slavery in Egypt. And God brought them out of Egypt. They've been, they've been in the desert for about one year so far. Moses has received the Ten Commandments directly from the hand of God. And now God is giving the people instructions the, the things they need to know before they enter into the promised land. Now, what they didn't realize at this point in time is there was going to be a little another 39-year detour <laughs> before they actually got to enter the land. But, but they were on their way to the promised land, and God was giving them some instructions. So, is everybody ready? Because this is really good stuff. This is really good stuff. Numbers, chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Now, the very first thing we see is the Lord said. So what we're going to be looking at today is not just a nice saying. It is, it is God's own instruction the Lord said, this is what you are to do. He said, tell Aaron and his sons. Now, Aaron and Aaron's sons were the priests. They were the spiritual leaders of the people. They were, they were um, 
God's representative before the people. And this blessing was part of their priestly duty. It was, they were to bless the people on behalf of the people and to benefit the people. And this blessing that we're going to look at was pronounced at the time of the daily sacrifice and also as a benediction at the end of the day. So the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, you are to bless my people. It is God's desire that his people be blessed. Sometimes it doesn't always feel like it, but it is God's desire that his people be blessed. Blessing is the projection of good into the life of another. To bless someone is to will the good for that person. We encounter people every day, all the time, right? All of us. Multiple people every day. And in every encounter we have, we either will what is good for the other person in one form or another, or we fail to do so. So we're either willing the good, which, as we've just looked at, is blessing them, or we fail to do so. We will the good, sometimes with something as simple as a smile, an encouraging word, an act of kindness. So just thinking out loud for a minute, how else might we will the good for another person? Any ideas? Okay, just that friendly smile. How else? A big hug, absolutely. A kind word. Share chocolate, amen, absolutely. Offer your time. That's huge, isn't it? How else do we will the good? Absolutely. Go visit somebody that can't get out of their home. Okay. Constantly cleaning the kitchen. That's, that's actually a big one. <laughs> and you notice willing the good sometimes is, is a big deal. But sometimes it's a very simple thing that's done quickly and easily, isn't it? And yet it makes a difference in the life of the person. It blesses them. Well, the opposite of to bless is to curse. It's to curse. Now, cursing is not necessarily swearing at someone. It's not necessarily putting a hex on them. You can curse someone with a glance or with a casually shrugged shoulder. You can curse someone with that slight hesitation before you answer them 
or by interrupting or ignoring. You can curse someone by looking right on past them. Curse says, you are insignificant to me. But the Bible tells us, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not to curse, but we are to bless. Romans 12 says, bless and do not curse. And so in every encounter we have with people, think, am I blessing them? Am I willing good into their life? Or am I cursing them, ignoring them, belittling them? considering them insignificant. Well, God said, this is how you are to bless them, because we're going to focus on blessing today. Amen? Okay. God said, this is how you are to bless them. And then he gave them three phrases to speak. And each of the three phrases has two parts to it. Each phrase begins with the words, the Lord. The very first words in each phrase, the Lord. Now, the Hebrew for the Lord is Yahweh. It is the personal name of God. So this is not just even a generic God bless you. This is the Lord, the personal God blesses you. Now, we talked a little bit earlier about, about sneezing. And people will say, bless you. And, and it's spring. And that means that there's lots of things blooming and there are a lot of people sneezing. And, and it's kind of funny at the library because, you know, you're here in this room and it's mm, sometimes relatively quiet. And you'll hear somebody sneeze. And then it's almost like this little chorus from all directions. Bless you. You know, and you probably hear it in the classroom or at the grocery store. If somebody sneezes, you hear this, bless you. But when God says, this is how you are to bless them, he's not talking about some generic bless you. This is God himself wanting you to know that he is both interested in you and involved with you with your whole life. God knows you and is invested in your good. Isn't that cool? Isn't that good stuff? So, the Lord is repeated three times. It's also a reminder to us that it is God who is the source of all the benefits. God bless you is not just, I hope good comes into your life, but it's a reminder that the Lord is the source of every blessing, of every benefit. The priests are declaring the words, but it is the Lord who is our benefactor. So God said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, and this is some of the audience participation part, we're going to say 
a verse at a time, these verses together. So if you have your little green hand out there, let's together read number 624. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you. It basically means may the Lord constantly bring good into your life. Isn't that cool? May the Lord constantly bring good into your life. Now remember, God's blessing is always directed toward our greatest and highest good. But too often we expect God's blessing to mean a world of comfort and ease. The Lord bless you does not mean that everything's going to be easy. Marcy talked about that a little bit this morning. Doesn't mean that it's going to be this wonderful life of ease. I kind of wish it did mean that, but on the other hand, I don't really, because a life of ease tends to turn us into spoiled brats. Unfortunately, our human tendency is often when we are blessed to rely on the gift rather than on the one who gives, don't we? You know, if we're, if we're blessed with health, we, we think about our health rather than the one who gave us our strength and our energy and our strong bodies. If we're blessed with finances, we tend to rely on our money rather than remembering it is God who gives that to us. If we have a good job, if we have great friends, a family who cares for us and loves us, very often our tendency is to rely on the gift rather than the one who gives. And that means that unfortunately we don't always recognize God's blessings when they're right in front of us because they don't always look the way they think that we think they ought to look. So God is pouring out his blessings every day on every one of us. But sometimes we don't even recognize it because it doesn't look exactly the way I think it ought to look. I want something more comfortable. Thank you very much. But God knows what you need. And he is delighted to give it to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Keep is all about guarding and protecting. It's that safeguard. When I ask God to keep you, I am willing that God should protect you, to guard over you, to deliver you from evil. That's what I'm asking for. And I believe that God keeps us far more than any of us ever realize. Because, yes, bad things happen and accidents happen and harm happens. But I believe God keeps us a whole lot more than we realize. Um, this last week I had an appointment in Nampa. And after my appointment I was driving home and I came to one of those four-way stops that have Two lanes of traffic going each direction plus a turn lane. So it's this gigantic intersection, but it's just a four-way stop. 
And I was in the far right-hand lane in my little Ford Focus, which is a little tiny car. And in the left lane right next to me pulled up a great big huge school bus. Now, do you think I can see around him? Oh, no, <laughs> not at all. And so I'm here in my little car and thinking, how do I know when it's time to go? And then I had, oh, well, duh, when the bus pulls out on my left, I can pull out too because he can see things that I can't see. So I'll just rely on him to um, let me know when it's safe for me to pull out. So we, you know, waited the 30 seconds or whatever for the other guys to go. And then the bus started pulling out, and so I started pulling out right along beside him. And then all of a sudden, the bus slammed on his brakes. And I didn't because I wasn't expecting that, and so I just kept straight on through the intersection. And what I hadn't been able to see was that a gentleman on a bicycle had decided to come through the crosswalk right in front of us. And so I missed that gentleman on the bicycle by about three feet, which is really not very much. <laughs> Scared me to death. So after I got done being really irritated at the bus driver, <laughs> I thanked God. That was just almost my very first reaction. Thank you, God, for protecting me from causing a horrible harm. God protected me. God kept me. And I was grateful. Let's read together verse 25. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. That has the same sense as joy and delight. It's the way that a grandparent looks at a, a cherished grandchild that's playing in the sun and just having the time of their life. Becky, I thought of you <laughs> when when I was thinking about this because you just love to post about your grandkids and, and how much fun it is to watch them play. Well, that's how God looks on us with joy and delight. And he couldn't be more pleased. He couldn't be more content when his face shines upon us. That's how God feels about us. One commentator that I read this week put it this way. The Lord love thee and make thee know that he loves thee. You know, God delights in us and he delights in us knowing that he delights in us. His face shines upon us. And be gracious to you. Now, grace is exactly what we all most need. The favor of God himself, not only in his attitude of compassion toward us, but in his merciful activity on our behalf. Grace. Last week, Pastor Jim quoted um, from 2 Peter 3.9, 
that says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. In the person of Jesus Christ, by his life and his death and his resurrection, God extends his grace to every person, longing for all to receive the life that he gives. Every person. And because that is God's bent, because it is his longing toward each person, that is to be our longing, our attitude toward each person as well. Um, a pastor that I admire, Andy Stanley, says, every person I lay eyes on is someone who is immensely valuable to my Heavenly Father. That's how we are to see people too. Be gracious to you. Let's read verse 26 together. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord turn his face toward you. Now, in the past when I have read this blessing, I thought, well, that kind of sounds like the Lord make his face shine upon you. How are they different? Well, they are different. Um, which I will get to in just a moment, but sometimes I fear that we're losing the art of turning our face toward another. And by that I mean we live in a world of screens. Great big screens, little tiny screens. Have you ever been to a ball game um, and there's all these players down on the field playing the game, and everybody's watching it up on the screen. <laughs> we do that. If there's a screen, we look at it. Even if I can see it happening here, my tendency is to look at the screen. Um, screens are too often what capture our faces. And I don't necessarily mean just by taking selfies. <laughs> Screens capture our face. So when the scripture says the Lord turn his face towards you, that has the idea of paying attention. Pay attention. Pay attention to the person right in front of you. Not this up here, not this right here. The person in front of you. No distractions, no interruptions. God pays attention to us. Now, sometimes we think maybe I don't like that quite as much <laughs> because he pays attention to us all the time. But you have God's undivided attention. And I know that sounds weird because there's a whole bunch of us in this room and there's far more in this world. But every single one of us has God's undivided attention. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 
The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. It is unthreatened, undisturbed peace. And shalom is far more than just the absence of discord. Shalom is wholeness. It is complete well-being. It is Shalom is all is as God intends for it to be. Shalom is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When all is as God intends for it to be. What a wonderful thing to proclaim over someone. Now earlier I mentioned that each phrase of this blessing begins with the Lord. Three times. He's the subject. He's the blesser. But there's another word in this short blessing that's actually repeated six times. Did you catch what that word might be? The word you. Bless you. Keep you. Shine on you. Be gracious to you. Turn toward you. Give you peace. You, me, us. God wants to bless you. Verse 27 says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. In other words, in proclaiming this blessing on the people, the priests were putting God's name on them. The priests proclaim God's blessing, and as a result, the people now wear God's name. When this blessing is proclaimed over you, you wear God's name. Isn't that just like mind-blowing? You wear God's name. You are identified as his, but it's far more than just an ID tag because God's name represents the whole of his character, every bit, his presence, his, his very being, his love, his, his patience, his goodness, his holiness, his joy. All those are wrapped up in his name. In giving us his name, Almighty God chooses to give us himself, to live with us, to walk with us, to be our God. Who he is changes who we are. We in him and he in us. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. I will bless them. Not if they obey everything I tell them. Not if they're thinking about me today. Not if they're doing their best to live the way that I want them to live. He says, I will bless them. God loves to bless his people. He loves to bless his people. 
And God loves to have leaders who are eager for God's people to be blessed. I assure you, it is my great honor and amazing delight to be able to pray these words over you. But I don't believe that God intends for this blessing to be limited to a pastor speaking it over her church or his church. As life-giving as that is. When Jesus was on earth, he had, of course, we know he had dozens of followers. He had 12 disciples, but he had three best friends. And his best friends were Peter, James, and John. And these three men knew Jesus as well as anybody ever did here on earth. They spent the most time with him. They had the most conversations with him. And um, Peter and John both wrote um, either letters or, or documents that have ended up in our Bible. And I want to read you a couple of things that, that Peter and that John wrote. 1 Peter 2.9 says, Peter says, and he's speaking to the followers of Jesus. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. And then John in Revelation chapter 1 writes, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So both Peter and John, two of Jesus' very best friends, have called those of us who are followers of Jesus priests. We are a royal priesthood. Every believer in Jesus Christ has been made to be a priest. Now, back in Numbers... God said, tell Aaron and his sons. Now, who were Aaron and his sons? The priests, right? Who are we? Who, what, who, what have we been made into if we are followers of Jesus? Priests. So if the priests were the ones that were to declare this blessing over people, and we have been made priests, a royal priesthood, does that mean maybe that it is our privilege, our honor, our responsibility to declare this blessing over people? This is a blessing to be received with joy. 
but it is also a blessing for each of us to proclaim over the people that God has included in our lives. And, and I don't believe that we're just to say it. I mean, it's easy to say the words. We've all repeated the words at least once today, correct? We don't just say it. We must think it and feel it, will it, communicate it, live it. How does it make you feel? to receive this blessing with its promise of God's care and attention, his, his delight and his protection. How does that make you personally feel? Loved? A bit amazed? Maybe a little humbled? Receiving a blessing, if, if it's our job to proclaim this blessing, receiving a blessing can sometimes feel awkward, can't it? If somebody comes up to you and, and gives you a blessing, it can sometimes feel awkward. It, uh, not everybody will be ready to embrace receiving this blessing. If we proclaim this blessing, if we announce it to people, there might be some who dismiss it or brush it off. Oh, I don't deserve that. Or that's a little weird. <laughs> proclaim it anyway. Proclaim it anyway. Because it benefits the person spoken over. God said, when these words are spoken, I will bless them. It benefits the person spoken over, but it also redeems us who do the speaking. Think about it this way. If this blessing is to be our practice, if we truly are a royal priesthood, and this blessing is to be our practice, our heartfelt prayer, then how will we then treat the person whom we have blessed? How will we then treat the person whom we have blessed? I cannot pray in the Lord's name for him to prosper and protect you, to delight in you, to pour out his grace upon you, to give you his full attention and to shape your life exactly as he intends for it to be. I cannot pray that over you and dismiss you at the same time. It is impossible. It's impossible. Just as you are precious to the Lord, as I pray this blessing, as I pronounce this blessing, as I announce this blessing, he is making you precious to me. More and more, I long for his best for you and delight in seeing God at work in you, which is exactly as he intends for it to be. I cannot pray 
in the Lord's name for him to prosper and protect, to delight, to pour out his grace, to give his full attention, to shape you exactly as he intends for you to be and not love you. It's not possible. So as we're closing today, I would like for everybody to stand up and you're going to need your green sermon handout. So have it handy. Now, think of someone. Let God bring somebody to your mind. And if God brings somebody to your mind and you think, oh, no, not that person, you can't do that. (laughs) Whoever God brings to your mind, think of someone, a specific person, someone who would benefit from God's blessing. Maybe it's somebody that you work with. Maybe it's somebody far away that you miss with all your heart. Perhaps it is that person that you struggle to get along with, the one that's hurt you so very deeply. Or maybe it's the person that's just standing right next to you right now. Do you have a person in mind? Now together, as priests belonging to our holy God, let us together say to them, let's read the words, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. We have proclaimed it. Now may we live it in the name of our God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you do long to bless us. Thank you that you have given us the privilege of passing your blessing on to others. And God, I pray for myself first, and I pray for all of us, that as you bring people into our lives, and that as we bless and not curse, as we will your good in their lives, God, that you will teach us to love as you love. That you'll open up our hearts where maybe they've been closed off a little bit. That, God, you will fill us with your grace and your longing for people that we, too, may long for them. Long your good for them. Thank you, God, that you do this for us, that you do this in us, that you do this through us. We are amazed. We are amazed. You are a good God, and we love you. We pray this today in the one who loves us best, Jesus Christ, our Savior. May we go out and be your people, your priests, your holy nation, to the glory of God our Father. Amen.